the Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll time. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it. Weekend editions here. It's Hale Varsity. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Mark Cranach. Along the way uh, shortly, Brandon Vogel going to join us. We'll also run in with the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. How you feeling on a Saturday morning? Nebraska victorious as they got the win on the road in Champaign, 20-7. to Last night, turnaround time for us as we got done with the reaction show a little bit after midnight and got back to Lincoln from the uh, Herdat Sports Bar and Grill. A little bit after one, Elijah, back at it. Did you uh, did you get your coffee this morning? Did you get uh, refreshed? Did you uh, have sweet dreams as a Nebraska fan? As you know, what it it was it was a very difficult watch, and that's being kind with the opportunities to slam the door by Nebraska. Uh, the gift that kept on giving was. What, Nebraska was <laughs> in Illinois territory five times in the second half. You come away with three points. Who? But uh, rule the day is right on the money as uh, they chime in to get us going here. A Big Ten road win. Uh, we'll take it. Your chance to join us here on the stream and find out uh, what you thought of Nebraska, Illinois, and can find us the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Also on KFOR Facebook, KFOR Twitter, and the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at H Varsity Radio is where you can follow us. But believe it or not, that snapped a, a three-game streak to Illinois for Nebraska. And Matt Rule got his 50th win as a college football coach last night. So Nebraska, things are looking up, and uh, we can dive into all the – particulars about the the ball game but really it's uh you don't have many of these moments you don't almost know how to act if you're a nebraska fan because you've seen so many of these ball games elijah go the wrong way if you don't put a team out of their misery nebraska left the door open i thought matt rule was was really outstanding in his post game and uh, he he attacked how he wanted this team to respond beginning, you know, less than 24 hours after the Michigan debacle. The guys responded. That defense responded last night. Yeah, and uh, you let off this show here before I dive too deep into the football by asking me if I got my coffee going this morning. It's actually a hot-button issue. I don't want to talk about the uh, the coffee situation on a Saturday Oh, no. It's, oh, uh, no. It was the morning. I did get some caffeine in me. Uh, my roommate has like a big old box of these Celsiuses. I don't like them at all. Um, they're like a a fake, like we're trying to be healthy energy drink. I don't know much about them actually, so maybe I shouldn't make fa- uh, accusations like that. But I'm trying to slam as much of this as I can before we get going. It's uh, it's one of those mornings. Uh, but got a little bit of caffeine in me and we're, we're rolling through. The one thing that I, I keep on coming back to on a, on a Saturday morning here, and I... 
did a, a quick rewatch last night of, of some key plays from that game last night, a late night rewatch, if you will. And one of the things that I keep coming back to is that this, this Husker team went on the road and got a 20 point win. And we were finding ways to nitpick it last night. And I don't think we were wrong for doing so. It was an ugly, ugly performance. One of the uglier Husker wins I can ever remember seeing. But as I get some... I, could, we, could we use a different word? Analyze versus nitpick. Sure, sure. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Sure. Um, and as I, as I think back on the game, like, man, if you would have told Husker fans last week, like, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're going to get a 20-point win against Illinois. They'd take it. But then, yeah, you see what the product was last night. And there are areas of improvement for, for Nebraska to take away from that football game last night. There's no doubt about that. But, like, part of what I think the reaction to the game last night is is just some some PTSD from what the past six years has been for Husker football. Like, if Big that's, time. If that's a Bo Pelini team, and I know it's a completely different situation that I'm throwing out here saying if it's a Bo Pelini team because it's not. It's far from what a Bo Pelini team was, and, and I understand that, but I'm, I'm just using this as an example. If, if it's a Bo Pelini team out there last night that has a 20-point lead in the fourth quarter and it's uh, a comedy of errors from the offense, but the defense has allowed negative four rushing yards in the second half, and you keep on throwing them out there, like you as a Husker fan would be happy. You'd be sitting there saying, like, man, let's watch that defense go ball out some more. I'm confident in what they can do. The offense has built you a good enough lead. Yeah, they haven't been pretty tonight, but thank God for that defense. That's what you'd say in Bo Pelini. Yeah, or under Bo Pelini. And yeah, you'd be frustrated. Don't get me wrong. But the reaction to that game last night would be different. So I've tried to, to zoom out just a little bit and, and put the game in context just a little bit. Hey, Nebraska went on the road against a conference foe who I don't think is very good, but it's Big Ten football is what we saw last night. But Nebraska managed to get a 20-point win out of it. You don't get many 20-point wins in the Big Ten. Nebraska did so last night. They did it in ugly fashion. Hey, guess what? It's the Big Ten. It doesn't always look pretty in the Big Ten. Last night, it was far from pretty from Nebraska. But I don't think you can be mad about the result. And Nebraska got a great result last night. We welcome in with counter Reed Brandon Vogel. He is in Champaign. And uh, I I love the backdrop. Usually it's that uh, rich mahogany. There's lots of really cool books behind Brandon Vogel, many of which he wrote. And, uh, and and now it's it's Roadshow, Brandon Vogel, uh, counterread.com. Vogues, tell us about Champagne. Did the crispness of the uh, the fall air, that brisk wind out of the north, well, did it make football all that more enjoyable? And also just the, the timeline you're on, as much of a football fan as you are and a Bears guy with the, the whole um, kind of just – mood surrounding Dick Butkus and in his passing. And I mean, it, what, what a time to, to be in Champaign. You get to see Nebraska's first win in a long time since Rutgers on the road at big 10 uh, at a big 10 venue. And then also the, the history and nostalgia of, of Illinois and integrate and, and Dick Butkus and Illinois really did everything they could uh, to, to honor him and, uh, Nebraska, the way the defense played, uh, you could say honored Dick Butkus last night. Yeah, it's a good way, to, good way to look at it. And as Elijah was talking through there a little bit about, you know, hey, Nebraska won by 20 points against a Big Ten opponent on the road. I did think back to that Rutgers game, and I was like, yeah, that is probably better than 14 to 13, isn't it? 
Um, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I was in Champaign itself probably about as long as Nebraska was. because I pulled up to my parking spot at the stadium. Nebraska's buses were arriving uh, with police escort. And then as I was leaving the stadium last night, I was stuck behind the buses with police escort as they were going to the airport. So I'm a little bit south of Champaign already, um, as evidenced by this glorious waterfall photo behind me at this. I love it. Luxury, uh, luxury hotel. I don't need much. Although I, I do need uh, my favorite bad hotel coffee hack is you take uh, one of the hot chocolate packets, just dump that in, and then coffee on top of it. Mm. No hot chocolate. No hot chocolate here. So just uh, conditions are rough. I, I'm telling you guys. So I have to keep 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 me in my th- in your thoughts. Um, Illinois <laughs> with with Dick Butkus uh, really honored him at almost every break which, you know, was great to see one of the the singular players in, in their program history. There's a statue of him outside the stadium, along with Red Grange, um, another great Chicago Bear. So uh, it was it, it was good to see, you know, it, it happened so close to to game time. I thought Illinois did a really nice job kind of putting together what it could on on short notice. Brandon Vogel with us from Counter Read at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. And, God, I love this hat. And Mark Cranach joins us. That is that is incredible. Uh, Minnesota. That- yes, your, your hat is fantastic. Uh, it is a little baseball with uh, the, the flavor of football this morning. Uh, Cranach, listen, the intent, you know, the best intentions were – made yeah. by Elijah and I this morning after we got back into town from the reaction show last night. Yeah. Uh, Elijah looked at me uh, with that kind of a sad glimmer in his eye. He's like, Schmidt, are you going to the grapevine? And I'm like, <laughs> no brother, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm going home. And uh, I went home and eventually fell asleep and, uh, you, based on the amount of times my wife threatened my life this morning, the alarm did go off this morning and uh, we were just a little, uh, little late. There's a false start. We, but we were out of timeouts apparently uh, much like Nebraska had to, to get rid of their timeouts uh, early in that third quarter, but welcome in. Thank you for your patience this morning. Weekend edition rolls. Was forward. the alarm stimming on you? I, I know I do. I do the phone alarm. And then I have a, an alarm that's old school where you plug into the wall, right? Like we all grew up with, most of us. It's halfway across the bedroom. So I have to physically get up to make it silence. And and, and I did that. Yeah, and I hit dumb. snooze once and out. So we're, we're about 10 minutes late this morning. Yeah, the behind the, the, scene, that, the behind the scenes story was Mark Cranach sending us a text at 745 this morning saying, where are you fools? Where at? are you guys? Are we doing this? <laughs> it, it was essentially like Matt Roll calling a timeout and looking over and yelling, what are you doing? <laughs> we got the Satterfield and then I roll from up Cranach. <laughs> no, I, hey, I, in a friendly way, said, we doing this? You know, and, then, and there was the laughing emoji. I did that from bed, by the way. So, like, <laughs> oh. um, but you know, it's been difficult this morning with the computers. Um, you know, and it's but it's good to see Brandon here, and I feel bad that Brandon has to listen to all this, the the behind the scenes, especially you know, as you sit here, Brandon, uh, you've moved. Obviously, you have a a different uh, a different uh, domicile now, and uh, it appears to be pretty small. Tiny homes are big these days. Um, 
And I like how you just kind of packed it all into one little thing. Where are are you in Champaign? I'm in Tuscola, Illinois, which is about 20 miles south of uh, Champaign. There's a there's this this hotel here and uh, a McDonald's, and as far as I can tell, not a lot else. Um, but it, it, it works fine. So, and Brandon uh, was taking us through, Mark. You you missed it just a little bit ago. The lack of hot chocolate, not many creature comforts out there. It's, it's really like Soviet Russia, from what I've heard. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> tough. You know, classic battleship gray, big tin skies. Classic Big Ten weather, classic Big Ten football last night. Um, but you do you do what you got to do for the love of the game. <laughs> well, and you got the views. The views are priceless, right? That's what's that's what's cool about it. I heard there's some prairie there. Is that right? That, and lack yep. of mountains and water features. Yep, uh, lack of lack of much to to look at whatsoever. You know, Nebraska Nebraska gets uh, gets a tough rap for being flat um, for the majority right. of it, and uh, nothing but but cornfields. Let me tell you, as somebody who for these Big Ten road games has driven like north to south through Indiana and Illinois a lot, um, oh. it, it ain't just Nebraska. Has anybody Ooh. ever made the Omaha to Indy road trip or, or close to it, close to Indy, like the 11 hours or so that that is? Oh yeah, just 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 once. And I think at that point I used to. Uh, oh, that's an excellent. Uh, thank you, Brad. Ross. Ooh, Brad, Brad chimes in. Yeah, there used to be an amazing Amish breakfast buffet place. So that sounds flat out amazing. Uh, Elijah Abraham, Abraham moved, I heard, to the county over. And well, <laughs> well did you guys hear the, the story? Cyrus, not Abraham. Did you guys hear the Sorry. story this week of how that emergency alert, apparently, that we all got in our phones or this week, apparently outed some Amish people in the community for having cell phones, and it's been like a big dramatic issue? I've seen that on Twitter, so who knows really? how reliable that is. But I saw that apparently there's been big drama in the Amish community this week because, like, People heard cell phones going off in the Amish communities, and it, it really led to some drama. <laughs> oh, my God. We need to have an overtime just to break this down alone. Are you kidding me? So, okay, how, how would they even... Okay, now this is some pot kettle black stuff, because Cyrus, that's getting mad about that and calling it out, how would he even know what the hell that is? How would he even know that that's what that was? If that sound is so foreign to them... And they do not use these phones in any way, shape, or form. You act like wouldn't they like, all just start freaking out and just be like, "There is a weird sound." You act like there's some away. uncontacted tribe in the Amazon. They still are in and around modern civilization. Have they been in and around modern civilization during the time when FEMA is issuing a national safety alert? No. <laughs> what, what are the chances of that? Like, the last one was like three years ago. Last one was like three years. They only do this every couple years. So in that little sliver of time, three years ago, over the course of 45 seconds, there was an Amish person listening to somebody else's phone. And then did he ask, what is that weird sound coming from that weird rectangle? Like how, what, you know what I mean? How did they? I, I think they're aware, bless their heart, of, of technology and cell phones. They just don't uh, embrace them. I want to go back to this FEMA alert for a moment. Yeah, good. good. Brandon Vogel. Uh, does the college football world need to issue their own version of FEMA alert for the Nebraska offense? <laughs> um, I mean, if, 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 if so, throw Illinois offense in there as well. Um, no, <laughs> they, they had, they had a, they had a good opening script. Um, 
there's not a lot that's easy for Nebraska's offense at this point, which I think we all know having, having watched six games to this point. And I don't, I don't really see a way that that gets a whole lot easier just with one, with one bye week, particularly, you know, Marcus Washington's status remains up in the air, but anytime a guy gets injured way away from the play, you're, you're kind of immediately pretty, pretty cautious. And, and knowing that he was dealing with, some injuries in, in fall camp. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if he's out for a stretch, you're, you're down two starting receivers, your top two running backs, you know, the, the list goes on. It, it hasn't been a good injury luck season for Nebraska so far. Nothing you can do about that. It's just the way some seasons go. So, you know, at times I thought Harburg, Harburg was a little bit of a mixed bag. There were times where I thought he looked, he looked pretty good. Um, other times, you know, yeah, yeah the, the interception was was tough in particular. If you'd avoided that one, it's probably worth a, an entire letter grade from me bumping him up. But it's, uh, you know, it's just going to be it's going to be classically Big Ten. And I think that rule told us that from day one, seeing how like the degree to which it is. I mean, if you're not a Nebraska fan, if you're a Nebraska fan who watched games like this, you know, in back four or five, six years ago or in the past four or five, six years. Like it's not it's not a lot it's not a lot of fun for the independent observer, but when it's when it's the team you follow involved, you just kinda have to uh bite down bite down and, and on the belt and and, and take it. <laughs> this really what it was like. It was like bite survival. down on as the belt fan, and take it. <laughs> as, as a fan as a fan, it was more like surviving that game than it was enjoying it right or hating it you didn't hate it either you're just sort of like just come to an end like i just i just just get to the end get to the end with more points than the other team it, it was a brutal watch a brutal watch like they are man the, i i was noticing last night on the red reaction show fellas i don't think you got to the actual comment but you were displaying the comments as they were coming in and one of <laughs> Somebody just wrote in all caps. It was like, did we just win the ugliest national championship? It's like, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think you did. Uh, well, and the thing that, is, man, Mark. That was, that was pretty gross. The thing is, Mark, is like, that was just classic Big Ten football. And Nebraska, for Ooh. the past seven years or so, has avoided the reality of what Big Ten football is. And it makes it a more difficult watch whenever you've had to, like, you got to watch. I mean, Scott Frost's offense, to his credits, we're almost always aesthetically very pleasing. Mike Riley liked to air it out as well, and you could say that was pretty aesthetically pleasing. But simply put, the Big Ten is not aesthetically pleasing. Traditionally, over the course of the last 50 years, you win games ugly. Nebraska won ugly last night. On one hand, you can say, is what we saw last night going to work in the Big Ten in 2024 and beyond? Likely no, it gets a lot more difficult, but thank God it isn't 2024 and beyond right now. It's 2023 and you're still playing in the Big Ten West. And what you put on the field last night was defensive football that allowed you to win by 20 points. And I think that in and of itself is a victory for Nebraska that you're able to get a 20 point win based on that defense because you have three more games coming up on your schedule that that same formula can work for you to go out and, and get a win. And if you can get three more wins, you're making a bowl game. And that's a huge win for Matt Rule in year one. What Nebraska put on the field last night, it might not be fun to watch. It might not be pretty, but it, it might. wins. It is certified. It, it, won, it won last yeah. night 
the performance you put on the field last night from that defense especially is going to give you a chance to win against Northwestern. It's going to give you a chance to win against Michigan State. We'll see about Maryland's offense once it's cold weather in, in November, but I'd like to think that a, a defensive performance like that is going to give you a chance to win that game. It might not be fun to watch, but hey, it's getting wins, and as Matt Rule said last night, this team is still learning how to win. You have to kind of take it in the context of where Nebraska's been over the past couple of years, and hey, if you're winning games by 20 points, I don't think uh, there's, there's too many negatives you can take away from it, despite the fact that we're going to analyze as Schmidt said we're going to analyze what we saw last night but you got a 20 point win and that 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 style of football you played last night is going to give you a chance the next couple of games and it's going to, be, going to give you a chance to get to a bowl game it was only a 13 point win sorry to correct you but no that's Apologies. that it, it, it could have felt like a 20 point win <laughs> no i mean Your point there, there's, there, there should have been 40 on the board and that's just it oh, like yeah. when you when you when you look at this as a nebraska fan if you're out there, Vogues and Brandon Vogel with us from Counter Read, counterread.com at Brandon L. Vogel. That's where you follow him on Twitter. Weekend edition uh, commences this morning. That's the, the 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 maddening and frustrating part for so many fans is no, they're they're they're, they're super happy. Nebraska won for sure. You, you, you know, first comment of the day from Rule the Day, Big Ten Road win. You'll take it mm-hmm. and and not complain. But in the same sense, I think Nebraska fans and Coach Rule would probably raise both hands. You don't want it to have to be that hard because <laughs> you're waiting and waiting for Nebraska of yesteryear to find a way to screw that up. Think if it would have gone the other way. Think if that bastard would have turned out 21-20 because Illinois had the chances and the Nebraska defense came out there and answered the bell, answered every round to come out there and and be bulletproof and, and go get the football for the offense and set up the offense uh, with short fields. And uh, you, you can build on it. What do you think, Vogues, the, the offense can – can become we, we've got point totals to examine right you looked like you didn't play your best game against the g5s but you still put up what was it 28 and in 35 respectively but against your conference or non-conference opponents i mean you're a little bit better than you were against colorado 20 to 14 and you put up 10 against minnesota what's realistic moving forward injuries included with your quarterback with what you want to do versus what you can do on offense and then just holding on to the ball i mean where, where can the offense go from the bye week beyond here to get to that six or better yeah um <laughs> the ceiling because that, that, that's the question right i mean ceiling wise we're I mean, I, I'm not a I'm not a tall, nor can I jump, but I can touch the ceiling. It's what it feels like right now. <laughs> yeah. So I just checked. They're they're averaging 19 points a game. They've been outscored on the season, um, <laughs> which uh, losing 45-7 to Michigan and struggling to score points in most of your other games will will do that to you. Uh, so. I'm trying to think. I haven't looked at the 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 numbers recently enough to, to know, but like. You know, Northwestern, not great right now, but they're going to play solid enough defense. Purdue uh, 
defense first approach Michigan State. I'm trying to think like what's the worst defense Nebraska has left. Maybe it's maybe it's Michigan State. Don't quote me on that. I'd rather look at the numbers and, and figure it out. But there's just I mean at 19 points per game now, and, and you've played your your two your two G5 teams already. Like if they average 21 points uh, by the end of the year, that might be pretty good. Uh, to, to be honest, and uh, it's it's not good in general, but but for Nebraska's current context, like that might be might be where you're what you're looking at. And if you give up seven points a game, then sure uh, you can kind of get by with it. But they're also going to face better offenses, not a lot of them, but uh, better offenses from from here on out. So. You know, I'm I, I'm I think I'm kind of with where I think Elijah was going. Now that we all s- survived that that boxing match where the two combatants spent ten or twelve rounds just tied up in the middle of the ring for the most part, uh, winning ugly might be more valuable than if Nebraska had say kind of s- walked away with this one thirty-five to seven or something like that. Because that's a good take. When you uh, when you're gonna struggle to score points, uh, a game like that where it's like, eh, you didn't play great. Like the numbers were basically identical, but you know after that that last Illinois drive, which I know Nebraska was kind of just like keep it in front, um, but like first downs, third downs, yardage, uh, pretty much the same. The difference was I think Illinois went 0 for two in the red zone. Meanwhile, Nebraska went three for six. I will say, I think I think there's a few things where we have to give uh, the team credit for, especially Matt Rule and the style that he's that he's trying to employ because he actually did it. Which was, look, a lot of the snaps were happening with five seconds left on the play clock, right? So they came in with the mentality of milk clock, run the ball, milk clock, run the ball, play good defense, and they actually stuck with it and executed at least that part pretty well. But then the other thing, there's a little bit of conversation going on on the uh, in the chat right now about uh, Harburg and whether or not he's the future and, you know, can you really rely on him? Would he be the guy? I'll tell you, I, I, I'd love to get your take, Brandon, on, on I, I guess, how you assess his performance now at what? Two and one as a starter? Or is it three and one? What is he? Yeah, two and one. Um, no, wait. Three and, yeah, he would three be and three one. and one. Yeah, three and one as a starter, which saying that out loud is kind of interesting. Um, but compared to maybe what you'd expect, what you expected of him or what you'd heard about him, I, I would say he's exceeded where I thought he would be. Um, mainly in the, well, honestly, in both the mental and the physical department. You knew he was a big, good, strong athlete. You knew that. Um, and you knew he was fast. But the, he's playing fairly free. Right, like he's he's got even a little bit of a gunslinger mentality, and he and it's almost like, dude, you haven't even earned that yet. But he doesn't care. He's he's sort of like this wild cult that's just like, I'm just no, I'm just playing. And he makes some off script plays. He appears to have uh, uh, the, the the team appears to view him as as a leader, like they would follow him. And then let's be honest, he is seeking out opponents to stiff arm into the ground. Right. And he accomplishes that sometimes. I'm impressed with what I see. I think he needs to learn. Obviously, he can improve on his accuracy, his arm slots too low, all those things. 
but he does not at all appear to be some sort of lost cause that you have to immediately replace, like not in any way. I think you can build around him. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think for the rest of the season, for sure. Um, and if you, I try to avoid like, and I don't succeed most of the time, like fast forwarding to, you know, a year from now, like you just look at like of the quarterbacks they have, he's the one who's likely to be here next year. Um, you know, you can't use that as your sole basis for, for deciding what you do over the back half of the season. But it's a factor that that pops into my mind. I mean, and I think you're right, Mark, like he's exceeded expectations for me, like at the point where, well, even coming into the season, like I think what we knew about him was, was he was the run fast hit hard guy. Right. And it was like, well, that that's interesting. That's intriguing. We talked about him as much as a potential tight end <laughs> as, as, you know, kind of the quarterback, I feel like during, during fall camp, but he's come in and he's looked – you can see that I think he feels like he belongs. And, and that's that's really, really right. valuable. And I think going back to, you know, him coming out of Carney Catholic, which is, is unique in its own regard. Uh, well, it's unique for Nebraska to sign an in-state quarterback. It's unique for him to come from a place like Kearney. Um, that from the very start was kind of like – and, you know – Derek Peterson, former colleague of ours, really got to know him well um, during that that 2020 season. He was out at Kearney pretty often, and that's the feeling I got from him. Then is like from him then was like he feels like he is a Power Five, Big Ten quarterback, even if everybody else has questions about it. And I think that's kind of been what's what's carrying him through because you know you've had you've had some mistakes. Um, I think the biggest one has been there have been a that rules mentioned a handful of times where they've just they've, they've been in the wrong play, um, unfortunately. So there's there's a growth curve here. But believe in your you're the guy um, has has a lot of value. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. It's Brandon Vogel. Brandon. That's here a weekend edition of uh, Hail Varsity. And Brandon, I just want to quickly get your thoughts. Schmidt and I driving back from Omaha to Lincoln last night. I made the point that. One thing I'll give credit to Heinrich Harburg for, despite a lot of miscues last night, especially late in that football game, um, not all of them his fault, but I think you always have to to lump the uh, the entire offense in with the quarterback whenever you evaluate a quarterback's performance, right or wrong, that's just how it goes. One thing I'll give Heinrich Harburg credit for is the fact that I think he has shown progress and he has gotten better in every single game that he has started. Would you say that's that's fair? I mean, maybe you can throw the Michigan game to the side because of the opponent he was playing, but even then you saw some progress uh, with the arm of Heinrich Harburg. I want to get your thoughts just on, on what we've seen from Harburg in terms of progress. Yeah, I would say that's that's generally – I would generally agree with that. Um, like in, in a lot of ways, like I feel like he had a better day as a passer against Michigan than he did against Illinois. Uh, but you got to see a little more of the, the, run, the run element. So – you know he's 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 you know he's he's growing as as a passer like we you know we can we can look at it i, I don't know what his completion percentage is off the top of my head but he finished under 50% last night and you know we know kind of the state of nebraska's receiver room due to some injuries as well they're just young there um the offense like there's 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 a lot of challenges for for them offensively and when you're the quarterback that that impacts what you even can do to to a large degree but i i do think um 
well, let's, I mean, I guess put it this way in Northern Illinois, when, when we didn't know the extent of Jeff Sims injury, we didn't know much about Harbor beyond some backup snaps that we'd seen. I kind of assumed this would be a, well, he's, he's the backup. He's filling in for an injured starter and the injured starter will return as soon as he's, he's available after four games of Harburg, I'm not so sure that's the case as, as we go into as we go into the bye week. He might be the starter now. Brendan Vogel with us from CounterRead. CounterRead.com is where you can log on at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Michael chimes in. You know what? And that's, uh, that's what you can smile about if you're a Nebraska fan. Saturday morning, you wake up with a win, and, and Michael touches on that. Uh, defense is good. It's for real is what Michael's saying. Offense is just so lost. Three more wins doable, but uh, Michael says I don't think any. Uh, I don't think we win. Uh, no, no game truly feels safe. I'm kind of paraphrasing yeah, there. No. Yeah, and and that's that's fair. Vogue says as we uh, check in, miss field goal, fumble, punt, downs, punt, interception, downs. That is Illinois' drive chart uh, from in the second half, and that that's that's incredible. We kind of put into onto paper what this this defense did: uh, six TFLs, three sacks, and um, as you look at the Big Ten West, we asked this question last night: Is, is it Iowa or is it Wisconsin for you? Is we uh, we say goodbye. Who Nebraska uh, needs to be able to take down in the West? Uh, yeah, I think it's got to be Wisconsin at this point. I mean, they're still yeah. undefeated in conference play. We'll see how Iowa looks today without without McNamara. Like it wasn't uh, it wasn't wasn't looking. <laughs> it was looking yeah. Iowa like with with him. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. early in the game last night, I was joking with a friend. I was like, if you had if your if your life was on the line and you had to pick a team to gain eight yards, you going you going Iowa or you going you going Nebraska? We'll see how Iowa looks today. And right. um, you know, it's just uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a struggle. I, I'm really interested to see Wisconsin going forward. They've been really kind of a tale of two halves, up and down, whatever the cliche that best fits is. Um, but they've gotten to this point without without losing a conference game, so certain certainly in the driver's seat purdue um purdue's pretty interesting to me as well after getting last week's win they they played a pretty tough slate to open the season so they're kind of they're kind of they're a live a live team in this race and and nebraska you know warts and all i mean other than illinois at this point maybe i think it's hard to eliminate any team in the west uh here at the midpoint of the season for the most part um, but Nebraska's alive too, um, I think, and kind of all you can ask for going into a bye week. Vogues, tell us about Counter Read, how, how folks can get signed up and get connected with you and Aaron. Yeah, you can find everything we're doing at, uh, at, at counterread.com. Uh, we, we put out two premium newsletters for, for paying subscribers. Uh, but if you want to jump in as a free subscriber and, and see what it's all about, we, we publish usually about two extra newsletters a week to kind of introduce everyone to to what we're trying to do there it's a little bit of a different approach to you know the the day in and day out coverage of of nebraska athletics and and it's been fun so far past two weeks we've opened up 
chats um, for subscribers, which has been which has been really fun. Um, and we'll plan to keep doing that as as the season goes on. We're going to use this bye week to reset a little bit for ourselves too, and, and kind of look at you know football season comes it feels like all at once, and you get into that weekly oh, yeah. rhythm of like okay, this is what we do each time, and you know what Thursday is, and you know what Tuesday is. Um, so. It's it's been really fun and gratifying to do so far. So hopefully, if people are interested in that, uh, come come check us out. And it's uh, it's really a it's Aaron Sorensen and myself, but it's it's kind of a one to one. We love to to hear and talk with people who are who are interested. So we're available. It's awesome stuff. Y'all are doing You're awesome. Job, it's really yeah, good. Appreciate yeah. you, brother. Enjoy uh, Illinois. Hit that Amish breakfast and uh, <laughs> re- to. report to us. <laughs> next saturday yeah. but thank you so much brandon we'll do you guys have a good one there he is yeah. brandon vogel with us uh, chris doesn't the- it remind you though as he's talking about the amish uh, he's you know he's hanging out in the amish community right now doesn't it remind you of uh notre dame 2001 when we were hanging out they, it wasn't amish what was it the mennonites yes <laughs> but, but there yeah. was there was a a horse a buggy and uh, a gentleman that not you, but whoever was driving the minivan uh, yeah. got a little too close to said horse and buggy. Is me, right. we may went may have went the wrong direction out of town because I think we ended up uh, a little further east than we needed to once we were leaving South Bend. That was a That's long good. night at linebackers in in uh, in the year two thousand. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Hi, Gary Sharp. Wow, the Iron Horse is with us. How are you, sir? Good. Why wasn't this a reality show? I think there's more to this, this uh, this South Bend deliverance experience from you two. Oh, that's <laughs> not what fantastic. it was. We all thought we were going to be kidnapped and lose a kidney uh, after we were looking for our car or Cranex car in the South Bend gravel parking lot, way, way, way far away from Touchdown Jesus. And this little guy named yeah. Monty and uh, his always short, a little guy named Monty. Th- he had yeah. a short he had a little short navy blue and gold short bus. But it said go oh, Irish on the side. I'm not kidding. And yeah. and he's like, you fellas need a lift? <laughs> you know? Well, I, I tell you what, Schmitty, that would have been really, really good material for a new intro to this show. Like, he's got the best quaff in radio and only one kidney. It's Chris Schmidt on Hail Varsity Radio. Yeah. That would have been good stuff. Well, the quaff is on point. The quaff there's there's, really there's a good. few Husker yeah. fans that, that may need a new liver, Sharpie. My goodness, that was... Uh, a tough one last night. The uh, offensive execution will test one's patience. Nebraska fans are so good, though, with their football knowledge that <laughs> they um, they understand that it's it's a build. And that was a point rule made last night with, uh, hey, kind of enjoy the, the ride. Gertie certainly does. Uh, the German Shepherd is missing. Uh, yeah, missing for, for folks that aren't uh, – for folks that are just listening right now, Chris is being uh... – Pretty much assaulted by his German Shepherd uh, live on the on the show. Gertie's, Gertie's a think, lot like the, the next door neighbor and in, in, uh, Step Brothers that have the German Shepherd. That's what Gertie is. She's the the kind of crazy rabid German Shepherd. But Gary, what a what a win last night for Nebraska, bud. Hey, uh, winning is hard. I know there's going to oh, be a lot of discussion for until Northwestern about how that game looked, but but winning is hard, and you hope to get to the point where. You enjoy winning so much, you hate losing. Um, you know what? That game last night, if you're going to push your chips into the middle of the table after Michigan and say this, you're going to learn a lot about us on Friday night, 
you know, I think we learned that Nebraska is more competent at the top. They play hard. They are not a they're they're a three and three football team that last night against a team that is in their same neighborhood found a way to win. And and I think that's what we probably have to reset a little bit this season as this goes along. And I and I said this on my shows earlier in the week. I think Nebraska is now playing in twelve silos this year because things have kind of been turned upside down with guys that they did not expect to be playing that all of a sudden are playing a little bit more guys that are playing better than they thought. So now you got to find a way for them. So I think Nebraska will approach the rest of the season week by week in a silo. So we're going to, uh, we're going to look at Illinois and I don't think Illinois has much of a bearing on what's going to happen against Northwestern. Other than I think this team on defense, they play extremely hard and they're smart and they like playing defense. And the guy that's mm-hmm. designing the defense is showing that he can help you win football games. And while they work, you know, while they take care of the defense, they got to work on the offense. But I think it's week to week. But winning is hard. And they're three and three, guys. I mean, they, they, they went on the road. They played two games in five days. They went on the road against a physical team that went up-tempo. The defense only allowed seven points against an offense like that. And they're three and three this morning. And they've got six games to find three wins to extend their season. I'll, I'll take it and I'll worry about the other stuff down the road. Mm-hmm. All right. We got a two part question here, Gary. We got a question in the stream from a gray woman who asked, what is on Gary's hat? So you got to explain that to us right now. It is, is a, uh, it's a corn husk. It's okay. a corn husk. And then it says Nebraska underneath. It also kind of looks like somebody's given this symbol. Yeah. Like so it kind of looks like maybe on, maybe on the day where there's going to be a lot of this and this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. How, well, how about wait, Nebraska? It, it kind of looks year. like the the handprint on Wilson from uh, Castaway, though. A oh. little bit. That's kind of oh, what I'm yeah. seeing on the hat. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. This could also be. We all need glasses. You never know. Uh, it could be. Well, I'm glad that you're wearing a Miami Wilson. I'm glad you're wearing a Miami Marlins hat. <laughs> Minnesota Twins. Honestly, I thought it was a Miami Marlins hat when I first saw it until uh, I looked it up and was like, "Oh, that's actually the Twins." So this is actually homage to you, Gary. I was trying to, you know, it's the Northern Star. It's right. a northern star Obviously. hat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the symbolism, yeah, the star is north of the M. You see how they did that? Makes Since there's sense. no hockey team there anymore, they've got a, yeah. Right, and it's, yeah, and apparently, yeah, and Minnesota's <laughs> the only place you can see the northern star, so they're just going ahead and adopting some Kidding. rest of the OB, whatever. Um, all right, Gary, now, this, this is the first team in a while, though. Just kind of dawned on me last night. Uh bonafide lack of stars especially offensively you can't it feels like for a long time you could point to a guy if like that hey that's the offense and if that dude's out everything's over you can't really pick out that guy at receiver can't really pick out that guy at running back same with quarterback i right like and in that way maybe it's kind of good and it does engender maybe having a team type mentality because if nothing else that part appears to be better than than I've seen it really since the Bow years. In terms of the nonverbals, the the team seeming to rally around each other, seeming to like each other, seeming to fight for each other. There, it just doesn't. You're not seeing clear signs of division or apathy or anything like that. At least it seems like that the team is pretty engaged yeah. and working hard. Now, whether that means they hold on to the damn ball is a whole different story. But they they seem locked in, and they but they just don't have that star to like depend on or to bail them out of anything, right? No, I, I think that's a good point, and I will tell you because I've heard a couple of guys say this 
um, is they trust the coaches they're playing for to put them in positions to be successful. Like they have their best interest, um, that they know what buttons to push. Like I'll give you a, a prime example. Everybody is – I want to go back to Sunday real quick after the Michigan game when Rule on his own, not consulting with his assistants because he caught one of his coordinators off guard that they were going to strap it up and go at each other. Um, he did that on his own, and it wasn't just good on good. He told the scout team, which should be going full speed, but they're still trying to give a good look to the offense and defense. He told the scout team to ratchet it up, like go full speed. And I don't care if you hit guys or whatever, but you play like you're playing on Friday. And so he's done a really good job of, of getting everybody like headed in the right direction. And I think his staff has as well. So guys don't guys don't second guess in the moment. Hey, why are we doing this? Now they've got they got plenty of things to clear up, and it would be nice to have a star on the offensive side where they could cover up some of your warts. But again, they're three and three, and they found a way to beat a team that you lost three in a row to, and you found a way on one side of the ball, guys. There are amazing stats from last night. Of one, this is the first time going into a bye week. Nebraska's won a game since Riley was the head coach. But after that opening drive by Illinois, that defense just gobbled them up. You know, they allowed Nebraska really kind of to stay in the game while the offense was still trying to find their way and even even struggling at the end when they tried very, very hard to lose the game. Um, that defense was really good. So they complemented each other. It was, a, it was a Friday night Big Ten West game that Nebraska is the winner, and they're 3-3, three and three and now they got a bye week. But they're, they're, there's still a lot out there for their season. But you're, you're right. You're right, uh, Mark. They, they, they seem to be more of a team, and I think it's because they trust the football stuff that they're going to be put in the right position. It's Gary Sharp with us here, a weekend edition of Hale Varsity. And Gary, something I said about half an hour ago on this show that I want to get your take on is the fact that Nebraska's formula last night to win was great defense, ugly offense. And while that might not work in the Big Ten in 2024 and beyond, it's what's worked in the Big Ten yeah. for years and years and years now, and it's gotten a lot of Big Ten teams to six and six to a bowl game, that formula of great defense and an offense that just does enough. And that's what we saw last night. Do you think that is a formula that can get Nebraska to a bowl game in 2023 whenever you look at the next couple opponents on the schedule? Because Nebraska is going to have to be at five, if not six, heading to uh, the, that final yeah. three-game stretch. I want to get your thoughts on if what we saw last night is a formula that can get Nebraska to six or if there's going to need to be change between now and the end of October. Absolutely. I, I think they have a formula that can get them to six because I think I have a defense that isn't going to take a step back. And guys, let's also, if you're, if you're in the first year and you're, you're not a well-polished football program, this schedule allows you to keep your head above water. Like mm -hmm. the, the, the finisher of yeah. Maryland, Wisconsin, Iowa is really interesting. But now you've got Northwestern and Purdue, and you're coming off Illinois, and you're in a six-game stretch where you only went on the road one time, and that was last night. So I think the schedule plays into your hands if you take advantage of it. But certainly they can do this. I, you guys, offensively, they've got a lot of work to do. But they based a lot of the stuff that they were going to do around Jeff Sims, Gabe Irvin, and they aren't there. So they're adjusting on the fly with a quarterback that I think – and I could be off, guys. I think they're still trying to figure out his skill set. Like, okay, do we try and make him do something here that he hasn't done? Or do we just – we use what makes Harburg really, really good? Um, because it's – you know, I think I think he is what he is right now. And is that good enough? 
I will tell you another aspect of this football team moving forward is they got to get guys healthy. Um, just think, they played well defensively last night. They didn't have Reimer or Singleton. Marcus Washington's injury didn't look good. And that's a position you can ill afford to lose a guy. But maybe in hindsight it says, hey, Malachi Coleman, Doss, Lloyd, here's your opportunity that hasn't been there yet. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a strange season that I don't want to overthink it because they're 3-3. Three and three, And there's probably a lot of people that thought they'd be 3-3 three and three at this point. And, and Gary, you made a point there, kind of that next man up mentality that Matt Rule's been trying to instill. We're going to see what the wide receivers can do with Marcus Washington not looking good for him. But a guy that really embodied that in my mind last night was Phelan Sanford, the man at the back of the defense, the pride of Binkelman, Nebraska. It feels like every single time that guy steps in between the white lines, he goes out there and makes plays. It was no different last night. What do you make of, of his performance from a next man up mentality? He just plays hard. He, you know, he finds himself in the right spot. And when he's there, he makes plays. You know, he's he's not the biggest guy, but he plays hard. And that's the that's what I guys, doesn't that stand out to you on defense? Is those guys play hard. I mean, Luke Gifford last night. Now Luke Gifford is talented. I don't want to overlook him, but Luke Gifford played hard. Nick Henrich played hard last night. Whenever they put guys on the field defensively, it seems like they were going full speed. And he's a guy that is the epitome of that one of us who kind of leads that of, you know, I've been here for a while. I finally got my opportunity, and I'm going to take full advantage of it. Hey, I know I'm not Deshaun Singleton, but Sanford always seems to be in the right place at the right time. Gary Sharp with this weekend edition is here. Nebraska able to uh, survive Illinois 20-7. to And... Uh, your coffee half full, half empty, and I think for a lot of us, the, the, it's half full. Getting a victory and, and finding a way to hang on despite those turnovers, and I go back to that because it was just a, it was a hard finish for Nebraska to, to finally e- exhaust that. But Sharpie, I know you you caught up with Coach Rule post game and just his comments, and, and you were able to kind of process them, and he. I don't think he's got the lipstick out to, to try and put it on a pig. I, oh, think I, thought you were, I think you were talking about his lips, period. No, I was not going with the, the, lizard, the lizard tribute. I was he not doing does that. like to lick those things, doesn't he? Yeah, but I think it's – pitch in I, on some Carmex? No, I think it's – he doesn't do it like in a press conference or, in a, or like when he's speaking to a group. So I think it's a, a weird quirk during a game. I don't know if it's a nervous tick or something like that, but yeah. I like the fact that we're breaking that down, you know? <laughs> but you know only, only here. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the the fact that he talked about kind of an enjoy the ride. Do you think do you think this yeah. team is is fully embracing that and they're 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 not caught up? Do you think they're they're too worried with, with rabbit ears? He mentioned that. Worried about what folks yeah. are gonna say if they screw up. Well, because they have past history. You know, here's the thing that I've, like, ruled this week was kind of interesting because, guys, mm-hmm. don't you think that he hasn't done this, but there was a point this week that he wanted to open up the ghosts of football past at Nebraska. And he's been very good not to go there. But I thought he, he tiptoed to the edge on Monday of a little frustration, but he didn't. So he is battling the ghosts of, Nebraska football passed with guys that are on this roster and getting them to enjoy football again, where football can be fun. Um, and, and so I think he's, you know, I, I think that they're, they're in a good spot for 2023. 
Um, but considering everything that's gone on this year, you know, the opening game, some injuries, um, guys getting to know each other, things not necessarily working out. They have a couple of guys that, you know, they thought would be much better than they've been this year. And then there's guys that they didn't expect much out of that are performing. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a, what would you would expect out of a three and three football team, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's the, there's, there's one side that is really, really encouraging and gives you hope. And then there's another side that at some point they're going to have to carry their weight. But as a whole, they feel like a three and three team where they don't feel like a really, really bad three and three team, not a great three and three team, but a nice three and three team playing in the big 10 West. If that makes any sense whatsoever. No, it, it, it absolutely fits. And that's, you just described them perfectly where they've done some things on offense that give you hope. If you're a Nebraska fan that, all right, turn the corner with X, Y, and Z on offense and, and just be more consistent and, and don't be, so turnover prone sounds simple and then you know what you get defensively and special teams has has not been a complete cluster i mean they've been pretty pretty decent with coverage and i know they're, they're working on on being more efficient field goal wise but no it, it is it's a, i say this a lot but it's a tug of war and that's what you're getting with that three and three yeah they, they i and this is for you guys I mean, offensively, man, that's the chore. They, they, uh, if you're a coordinator or you're a player, you're in a weird spot because I don't know. I don't know what their pet plays are. That they're like, okay, it's third down and three. We need this, and we know exactly what we're going to get. I think the bye week is very important for that offense because I will tell you another thing. One, considering wide receivers, it's time to move the track guys into playing college football. Number two is they got to start building depth on that offensive line. I mean, they, they have some young guys, and they're about two to three years away from kind of making the transition to some older guys to some younger guys. But I think it's now start, it's, it's about time to start finding out some depth on that offensive line um, because I, I think some guys need a, a kick in the butt on that line to get going, you know, to be more consistent. Because we say this every week, guys, those guys have played a lot of football together. A lot of those guys were together in the 21 Michigan game. We're now in 23 post-Illinois, six games into this season, and some of them are exactly the same. So it's the balance. Is it their coach? Is it them? I don't know. But I think in the, in the bye week, the, 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 it's time to start taking a look at building depth on that offensive line. You know, at the same time, though, Gary, I, I know what you're saying. and it's by f- You would expect a team, a, a Division One offensive line that's had this much continuity to perform better collectively. Right. And you'd expect to see, you know, better pass protection and those kinds of things. But at the same time, in the run game specifically, you are seeing a little bit more carnage than maybe you've seen in the past. I mean, especially in the second half, they were they were knocking Illinois guys to the ground. Ethan Piper has now shown, at least individually, he's now shown that if, if you pull him and you get him out into space, he's pretty good at targeting somebody in the open open field the good and, kind of targeting rid of them yeah, exactly sorry yes the legal kind of targeting uh you know he, he did that at the northern illinois game he was getting out and knocking a defensive back you know 15 yards downfield and it's been a long time since you have seen a nebraska offensive lineman outside of a cam jurgens be able to do that and he did it yesterday too to help spring harburg on his 
on his touchdown right after, uh, I believe it was right after the turnover. So you are seeing at least signs of guys maybe playing a little bit more loose, maybe playing a little bit less scared to lose and, you know, creating the havoc that you need in the run game. Isn't this conversation, though, guys, about the offensive line? You're right. So I'll give you an example. So there was a a play. um, It was one of Grant's longer runs where Piper and Scott did a good job of double teaming down on Newton. Mm -hmm. But then the next play, they completely whiffed on him like they hadn't played football before. We're just this is the thing about it, it has to be consistency. These guys have played a lot of football together as a fivesome. What, you know, I, I'm not asking for five guys every single play to be on the same page, but it seems like they'll go a really good play where you go, man, they, Harburg got sprung because of, of Piper pulling or, you know, Scott eating up a double team or something like that. But then the next play, there's a breakdown. I mean, that's all we're asking for is consistency. And, you know, I, I don't think we can, we can have a full in-depth offensive conversation if the offensive line isn't more consistent. Because if they're more consistent and Harburg still has some issues, okay, now our focus shifts back to the quarterback. So I think it's 11 guys that are under the gun. It's, it's a disjointed offense right now that, thank God, they have that defense. Because that mm-hmm. defense, quick change defense last night, really, really good. Yeah. Gary, really fast here. You were getting killed on Twitter last night for a tweet about Ben Scott and that, that personal foul. And while I don't necessarily agree with you that it shouldn't have been a personal foul call and it was harsh and maybe there was some sarcasm in that tweet, I do want to say something that I said in our post-game reaction show. And while Ben Scott got flagged for that, that late hit, that's the kind of nasty that Nebraska is trying to build up in their football program. Not necessarily the, yeah. uh, the after-the-play nasty, but the fact that your offensive line wants to go out and essentially hurt people. That's, that's well, what okay. Nebraska wants in their offensive line. I kind of like seeing it. I'm not mad about the personal foul. I wasn't mad about the personal foul from Ben Scott a couple of weeks ago either. So I just want to get your thoughts, maybe some clarification on that tweet. Okay, so I was watching the game on a, on a delay, so I had a little lag. And so after I saw the replay, I immediately put out a tweet. My bad. Check that. Bad play. But to your point, Elijah, and I, and I referenced Cam Jurgens. Remember the Oklahoma game where he was like 15, 20 yeah. on the field and still blocking Straight. and they called him? So that's, that's what you want. You know, you don't want to take it too far. And, 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 and I went back after the game and looked at it. And I mean, it was Ben Scott crossed the line. But you like to see that fire. But, but I also think, guys, you like to see offensive linemen that are down the field blocking. Last night, another key, uh, a subtle thing about Nebraska offensively, I thought their wide receivers blocked really well. Mm-hmm. Yes. I thought yeah. they set the edge. And, and, and Nebraska wanted to get dirty last night. Heck, even Malachi Coleman, who, you know, I think yep. Malachi's trying to figure out the whole college experience on the football field. There's a lot of stuff, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming at him, um, you know, trying to figure out where he's supposed to be. I thought he looked, he looked a lot looser last night. He wasn't trying to overthink things. But, man, Malachi got dirty last night. He, he was able to make some blocks and take some guys out and to hold that edge. So, again, that's all part of the disjointed part of this offense is you go series where, man, guys are clicking. This is what it looks like as execution. Then the next series you're like, why is the ball on the turf? What are we doing here? And that's the frustrating part now if you're trying to project, okay, how good is this Nebraska team? Well, I don't know because the offense can't start stacking series to go, man, they've got it. They've turned the corner. And that's what they'll do in the bye week. And, you know, around here, people will discuss what they should do at quarterback. 
You know, I, I'm I'm glad you brought up Malachi Coleman for for a couple of reasons. Is you know Matt Rule in his past at both Temple and Baylor has gone to the youth movement early. It, it seems like he's not doing that here because he likes who he inherited. He likes the mentality, but due to injuries, he's almost being forced into it. And Chris has to get his dog in check. We'll get that figured out soon enough. Um, maybe there's an intruder. Uh, and, but don't worry, the German Shepherd's keeping him safe. Mark, it's just you, know, you and I. Elijah and Schmidt have bailed. Yeah, they just left. It's fine. It's fine. How about dogs, by the way? They're just ready to throw down at any second. It's like, fellas, <laughs> like, like, when was the last time you had to actually bite anything? Like, you know, you're fine. You're sitting in the suburbs in Lincoln, <laughs> Nebraska. Everything's going to be okay. Um, so... Sorry, going back to Malachi. uh, Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Yeah, back to Malachi. I I got in on that nice little uh, salvo. You're fired. What do you think? I'm uh, (laughs) I'm I'm needing I'm needing guard dogs or something like that. No, we're just we're just saying that it's just weird that dogs just feel like they have to throw down at any second. It's like you're in the suburbs in Lincoln, Nebraska, Gertie. It's going to be okay. You are under (laughs) no threat right now whatsoever. Uh, So just chill. But all right, so Malachi, it, it, it kind of rules being a little bit forced into the youth movement. It wasn't his plan. I mean, think about it. Quarterback, he was going to go with Jeff Sims, a veteran guy that's got Power 5 experience. He was going to have, you know, Gabe Irvin, Ramir Johnson, Anthony Grant, some, you know, veteran tailbacks. He was going to have Xavier Betts, who I guess you couldn't call him veteran, but he's been around the block, played a lot of football. Marcus Washington, you bring in a Billy Kemp. Like, yep. he was trying to bring in and play, you know, guys that, that have been around the block. Now, Washington, we don't know what the status is, but Malachi's been thrust into playing time. Emmett Johnson's been thrust into playing time. Heinrich Harburg is your starting quarterback now. You're kind of forced into that youth movement, and I think in particular for Malachi, last night is the first time that he got to – he played an entire game. It wasn't spot duty. It wasn't come in for a snap or two. It was pretty much the whole game he was out on the field. And Gary, I'm, I'm sure you're seeing it too. Or I'm curious, Chris and Elijah, if you're seeing it as well. But um, Malachi is an interesting guy to cover. You know, and if if you've played or watched defensive backs, there's certain those long striders are difficult to defend because yep. they just you know they make one little move and then all of a sudden they can create separation just kind of out of nowhere. And you're just like, how did that dude glide past? Malachi gets open, right? Mm-hmm. If if, yep. if they can protect enough, dude, he's he's liable to be open on some seam routes, open on some deep posts, a la Samore Torre style. I feel like he's coming along and will be more of a factor. I, I just can't imagine that by the end of the year, he's only going to have like five catches. I think he's coming along, and and he's if if you're rule, you have to play him. Like you literally have to now. You don't have a choice. It's not. It's not like oh, let's get Malachi touches. It's like we have to get Malachi in the game. And on on film, I think you're going to see that he's getting open. Do you think that's a guy that Nebraska mm-hmm. maybe could count on for some plus production in the past game, as we hit the second half of the year? Um, I, I hope so, because and that would be more of a growth part of Malachi. Here's Malachi's problem: he hasn't been on the field because. We have, we have a situation that we've seen in the past with an elite wide receiver is not knowing enough of the playbook that, that they can only put you out there for certain things. And they're not mm-hmm. going to put you out there to be a, a decoy to just run a go route, and they're never going to throw you the football. 
So the fact that, and you brought up a good point, Mark, that he played a good majority of the game last night, I think is a good sign that he's starting to understand what his position's role is in the offense and where he's supposed to be. Um, because they had an issue earlier in the year, and again, he's a true freshman who who wasn't on campus early, is you know he was lined up in the wrong spot or he ran the wrong route. Now, it didn't result in a mm-hmm. turnover, but it threw off the entire play, um, and the play wasn't really going to him. Uh, it was It was near him. So the fact that he was on the field a lot last night, I think is a good sign, a good step in the right direction. I also think last night, because I looked at like Vincent Carroll Jackson traveled, and you're and you're you're absolutely right, Mark. Sometimes you're forced to play younger guys. Last night felt like a roster management game. Like they're starting mm-hmm. to figure out some guys that haven't played much or are starting to play more. That okay, you've proven that to us in a Big Ten game on the road. Your playing time is going up. That's what I kind of looked at last night because they are. You know, you look at that defense. They play a lot of guys, and there are what four seniors, and that includes Reimer. Mm-hmm. Can, can we, real quick thing, the one puzzling thing, just curious on your take on this. Have you noticed that Matt Rule has mentioned more than twice about Heinrich Harburg's conditioning level and that he gets tired? Have you noticed that? He's he's brought that up like, um, you know, uh, Heinrich gets tired sometimes. And I'm like, wait, wasn't he one of the guys that was kind of in the uh, top 1% or whatever? Like he was regularly... Like he works hard. He's obviously he's not some. He doesn't look like he's that. A, he's, a test, he's, 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 he's a testing phenomenon, is what he is. But but, yeah. but conditioned. But they I, brought that up a couple times that like well, they're concerned about his conditioning level, and and Heinrich brought it up himself. How his mom was like, "Oh, I knew you were tired by watching." I'm like, so well, so well, here, think he, about he, it, Mark. He, like they're he, running Heinrich Harburg as a quarterback more than they're running the running backs. And at least you get rotation at the running back spot. You get rotation at the wide receiver spot with as much as they mm-hmm. run Harburg, the guys at other positions that run that much get rotated in and out and you just don't get that at the quarterback position. That, that's kind of my take mm-hmm. on that. Well, okay. So this is, this is my read throughout the entire season. Matt rule. It's always kind of an awkward conversation talking about his two quarterbacks, isn't it? Big like, like, like he, I, I think, I think Harburg can be coached very hard. I don't think about the same way of Jeff Sims. Now credit to Jeff Sims. He appears to be a really good teammate through all of this, but I think they realize that Harburg can be coached hard, but listen closely because they usually go back to back days. The way, the way Matt rule talks about his quarterbacks compared to Satterfield. It's really an, an odd conversation on how they talk about each guy individually and where they are in terms of either their progress as a quarterback or if they're going to be back. Um, mm. I don't know. I just It's something that, that I, I, I've started to pick up on, and it's almost like, okay, is there one of the quarterbacks has tension with the OC or the head coach? Or, you know, we all know mm. that Jeff Sims was their guy that they wanted to be successful. I don't know. It's Right now, it's whatever quarterback can keep them out of the danger zone and can help them move the football team is the guy that should be playing. And Harburg has shown you enough. But at the end of the day, neither one of these quarterbacks are the right answer for where Nebraska needs to be down the road. Oh, shot fired. I've said it. The, the starting quarterback for 2024 is not on campus. Really? Be, oh, well, it can't, how, how can it be? If you want to get to where you're going, Mark, I, I don't think either one of those two quarterbacks are the guy for what you need to do to elevate that offense. You, you don't have, think Harburg you can build around? 
No, I think I think Harburg is about as close to his ceiling as you'll you'll get right now. And, and, and I could be I could be wrong because they're not going to be able to develop him in 23. The last staff threw away a year of development of Harburg, um, and unfortunate for him. And I don't think you'll be able to work on some things during the course of the season because he's playing. So maybe in 24, but I don't know. I I think he's I think he's as close to his hmm. ceiling as you're going to get. And I also, but but also I'll, I'll be fair here. I don't know what they want to do with their offense. We well, say right. they want to run the ball. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. This year has been kind of thrown a curveball, so they're just going, let's run an offense to win football games. So I don't know what they're looking at down the road, but but they can't they can't move forward in 24 without a different option at quarterback, in my opinion. Gary, if that's the option they picked for their Ooh. offense to go win football games, oof. Well, they, 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 y'all, y'all are some they, Harburg haters. I'm surprised. No, it's not a, hey, Mark, it's not a Harburg hater, okay? Because the kid is 3-1 and one as a starting quarterback. It is the simple fact that that offense isn't moving forward, and that offense needs a quarterback that is dynamic, that can move the offense forward, can can overcome some of the defaults you have, but elevate everybody. And I just don't think that's Jeff Sims and Heinrich Harburg weren't going to be the guys. The bottom line is this offense is in a precarious position because they thought Jeff Sims was going to be that guy. And Jeff Sims wasn't that guy for two games. And so all of a sudden, they've had to transition hmm. to a quarterback who, guys, in the fall, he was number three. He was only mm-hmm. number two because Purdy got hurt. So credit to Harburg that he has said, oh, the door is open. I'm going to take it. And he's three and one as a starting quarterback. But they are week to week in terms of that position where when they get to 24, they need to be 24, 25, 26. I See, Absolutely. I, maybe, I, I don't I don't disagree. I don't disagree that at his best can 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 HH throw it well enough to be a threat. Uh, you love his toughness, you love him running the football, but just as as nicely as he started last night guys, 3 of 4 70 yards, uh, that 39 yarder down the seam to down the sideline rather to Washington, what happened? You get the two-minute drill session where instead of getting out of Dodge, Illinois gets a field goal attempt because they say, uh, let's be aggressive, and, and there's three shots at interceptions by by Illinois. I mean, that's that's the inconsistency there, and then you have the decision-making discussion point about Sims, right? You love his athleticism. He can look good throwing the football, maybe a little bit better throwing the ball than, than Harburg, but then you get into – reading the defenses and, and also being able to, to just make some decisions with the football. Um, and, and you really don't have an answer. Sharpie. Well, the cover, the, 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 the decision-making, I tell you, this is, I don't know what he was looking at throwing into that cover two with that last interception. Right. Uh, that's, you, know, you, you that's, don't throw it. That's you're in the fourth quarter. You have to be very cognizant of, you know what? We got to, if it, it, not every play needs to be a good play. Okay, there's sometimes yeah, yeah. to just chuck it and move on to the next play. And I don't know what he was looking at there. Now, fortunately, Illinois offensively has their identity has just gone down the drain what it was supposed to be, and it didn't come back to bite you. But that's just a simple quarterback play that should be able to read the coverage with film work and practice during the week that in that situation, you don't make that mistake. You've now played enough football that it wasn't something they disguised that were like, oh, my God, I've never seen it. It's just simple football 101 at that position. Now, you say – now, that's fair. 
That's fair. That was a that was a ridiculous decision for him to make. But at the same time, as a guy that's he's just you know his fourth game of any kind of meaningful playing time, he throws the ball away with some regularity. He seeks out stiff arming dudes into the ground. <laughs> he's broken off some significant long runs. He does some weird Mahomes style arm slot stuff on the run, which sometimes is, is necessary, and it works out. Right. It's just like I I think that the 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 quickness with which he has acted like he belonged that that's been surprising to me. He doesn't seem overwhelmed yeah. by the moment. He he might be a little bit incompetent in terms of exactly where he's supposed to go or exactly which windows, but he doesn't lack for confidence. He's not playing stiff. He's not playing scared or anything like that, which I, that's more than half the battle at quarterback. Like who was that cat? Joe Bowserman for Ohio state <laughs> years ago. Right. Like that's the extreme on the other end of somebody coming in. That's just like completely overwhelmed by the moment. Never going to happen. He, you're not you're not seeing that with Harbor. You're seeing a guy that thinks he belongs, acts like he belongs, has some skills, has some size, and has some throw, you know, some good sign. He threw the ball away probably three four times when he should have yesterday. Which that's that's tough. That's one of the hardest things for. I, I don't even think Adrian ever learned that right, in four years he, throwing the ball away. I, I just I don't know. I see better things from him. Harburg is Har- and Harburg should be the guy the rest of the year. Now, I, yep. I think they're going to find a way to start to incorporate Jeff Sims, but I think Harburg should be the guy. And it becomes a conversation of if we're going to play both guys, who handles quarterback two better? Not quarterback one, but who handles quarterback two better? Harburg is, Harburg is manageable for the rest of this season to get three wins in six games just to extend your season. But, Mark, I, I just don't, in my opinion, I just don't see how you can – come back in 24 and not be different at that position if you want this offense to move forward. So now, for 23, if- 23, 10, the Carney tank is serviceable, and he's going to do things <laughs> you need him to do. But there's nothing that says when he's matched up against baby Tua, he's going to be a better quarterback and win a game single-handedly. That's what Nebraska needs moving forward, is they need a guy that can win games at that position with his ability when you need it. Fair. Weapon, but the, that's the a only thing I'm saying that's is, a 24 discussion. The 23 discussion but, is Harburg is your guy. Fair. No, true. If you're able to actually land a Dylan Riola or a Tungavailoa type or a Penix type or whatever from the portal, yeah. or, or you're absolutely right. I'm not saying Harburg is, is you know, a, a, an elite quarterback at the Division One level right now. I'm just saying... When, when does Nebraska ever get that dude, right? Like, well, that's a good, that's good a great luck, question. Good luck getting a guy. That, good luck getting a guy that doesn't have warts that can do all the things yeah. that we're talking hey, about I, here. I, it's just I, Nebraska I know, doesn't get that guy. I know that when I say that because I'm like, okay, look at the portal guy they got this past year. Do you trust Rule and Satterfield to go find that guy? There that's where it, it isn't is that and, the ceiling of what you could expect. I think I no. think that's the oh, ceiling of what you could it, expect. It, it, it can't be. It, it, it can't be. You, you're in a situation where. You should be able to. I mean, I look around college football. We're going to watch college football this morning. By the way, stress-free. Then we don't have to yes. worry about a Nebraska game, and you can enjoy it. Um, look at all of the portal guys around the country that are making impact. There are very few of the top ten quarterbacks right now in college football. They're not, we're not portal guys. I'm not saying Nebraska has the ability to go get a top ten guy, but can they get a guy that 
is at least competent in this offense that you can elevate them? I mean, I, 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 I would hope so. You know, can you get everybody on board from the NIL to the recruiting to what they see, all of that stuff? I think that's a priority in the offseason because I don't think, you know, Danny Kalen's coming in. He's not a guy that's going to walk in and start. And, and, and Sims, Sims is too much of a liability to get you to where you want to go. And I think they need that guy to elevate this offense because they're, they're, they can't do this again in 24, especially because, guys, that defense is, is only scratching the surface. That defense is going to get really, really good, and it's going to have dudes that we go, man, I wouldn't want to go up against that guy. So you kind of owe it to that side of the ball to make sure that when you transition to next season, that offense is in a good spot, that that offense isn't going to let the defense down, and that defense goes balls out and only gives up seven points, but yet with four minutes to go, they're thinking, man, are we going to lose this game? Sharpie, you nailed it. There's got to be for real complimentary football where there's a, a competent offense next season. You get through this year in year one, and, and Harburg can help you do that. And if he can make that jump, it's not like rules not going to allow competition to exist for the quarterback spot. But I think you hit on something with the evaluation part. And can, can Rule and, and Satterfield, they can find the quarterback, but can they pick the right one? moving forward and i i think of dj out at oregon state the transferred from clemson he looks like a different dude man cam ward from incarnate word the kid that's killing it at washington state was there was gonna visit nebraska didn't end up visiting nebraska and of all the schools the old misses of the world the lsu's the nebraska's the oklahoma's cam ward ends up at a washington state and i'm not yeah them in my nose at them but look what they landed look what they got i mean there there are some difference makers out there in the portal and then you want sims to bounce back and if he gets an opportunity you 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 pull for the kid to really make the most of a second chance but there's also that apprehension because of of his of his history and just how this year started you you don't trust it and you, you just don't really trust much on the offense either because of the offensive line or they're they're just limited with injuries or personnel so yeah it's got to be different and they got to find a way to just stabilize but they've got to get better over the 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 bye week and then figure out a way to not be an offense that gives a football gives a football away three times i I know we're up against it and this is for you three and i I won't i I, i'm just throwing this question out there because i'm curious and i see a lot of the comments in the stream so this offense has taken – I mean, they're dinged up. They got – look at the wide receiver room. We knew that coming into the year. But they thought Jeff Sims would be that guy, that he's dynamic enough that, man, he could throw guys open and they would be fine there when you lose mm-hmm. a couple of playmakers. And then you didn't expect Garcia Castaneda, of course, to go down that early. Then you yeah. you know, you know, might lose Marcus Washington. Knock on wood, you don't. Mm-hmm. But you might lose him for a game or two. So you got some wide receivers out there where three wide receivers essentially have taken up 95% of your snaps. You're starting to use Fedoni, and he definitely is a weapon. You don't really have the running backs out of the backfield that you can throw to. So there are some limitations on what they do offensively. But this is a 23 discussion. Leave it in 23. What do you do if you're Satterfield and Rule? Because last night the cameras caught them, and Rule brought it up in the postgame. You know, he was kind of no, 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 no. Are they going to call plays – 
sticking their head in the playbook of this is what we want to do, or are they going to call plays, this is what we have to do with who we have? Boom. Yes. We talked about this after Minnesota. Restraint is what it is all about this year. I don't care what your playbook says. Do not drop Harburg back. I mean, break glass if needed, if you absolutely have to. On straight dropbacks, sure. Like two a game. Like that's it. Like literally just be who you are. He's a 50% passer throwing to receivers who aren't even going to get an, an, an invite to an NFL camp. Like who's going to be an NFL receiver that Nebraska has available and healthy right now? Like there's, he has nobody. You have one tailback that has any kind of experience. Yeah. You have an offensive line that can't pass protect. Like that's who you are. Meanwhile, your offensive line is actually getting downfield a little bit and putting dudes on the ground. You're able to possess the ball. You got a quarterback that'll stiff arm a dude straight into the ground. That's what you are. You know, so even if it's third and six and you're at the 50 and the play call sheet says, oh, drop back and a little combo route over here. And uh, no, <laughs> no, that doesn't work. You're Stop it. I, I, and I wonder, I, I hope that is the conversation that Rule is trying to have with Satterfield of just like, dude, you got to get out of the playbook and look at what's going on here. Because when that happens, yeah. I don't know. They, they, they move the ball a little bit better, it appears. It is so limited with what they want to do versus what they can do. And I don't think they've got they an limit it. They've got a, they've got a bye week. Limit it. They've got a bye yeah. week to try and keep getting better and get it figured out. Well, hi, yeah. sweetie. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> I was just talking to the lovely wife. But, but at the end of the day, this discussion, guys, Nebraska wakes up today 3-3, three and three, and I think most of us thought, I don't know, I'm not going to say most of us, but on a short week post-Michigan, that Illinois, before we saw what they looked like when the season kicked off, this would be a loss. Nebraska yep. won a Big Ten road game on a short week yep. after their coach put them on – Put them on alert. Mm-hmm. That says that's a nice step in the right direction. They're three and three with plenty of warts on one side of the ball. I think we would take that in the current state. If Nebraska is a nationally ranked program and they're humming right along, we are we are not happy with twenty and seven. Nebraska is a five hundred football program in twenty three. Winning is hard. That's a good win last night for where Nebraska is right now. Gary Sharp, the Iron Horse. Sharpie, God love you. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for doing a little OT with us here as uh, Nebraska able to, to get their record even. Are we, are we this or are we this today when the kickoff happens in two hours? I, I you want up the horns up or horns down. So so are I we want, going OT or are we going OU? I'm going, I want, this is what I want. This is what happens. I. I cannot bring myself to do the horns up under any circumstance whatsoever. Gary, by the way, we didn't even get to get into, ah, man, maybe we can talk Gary about Gary wants to run time. away. He's done. I know. I, know. <laughs> I don't have anything for I know. 11 minutes. <laughs> oh, no, it just, you know, the, uh, the Husker baseball team's got its red-white game on Wednesday. Uh, well, they have the series coming up. Um, I'm going down to that. Okay. Uh, yeah, the red-white ball game. You? Well, I, you know, it'd be great if you wanted to sit and talk. I know you like baseball. You've worked in baseball. You know about baseball. Yeah. I like baseball. Uh, I think, you know, I just think, uh, yeah, that, that'll be interesting to see as Will it's Bolt does. Frank Solis tribute project. by. Uh, it's the yeah, bye week. It's the bye week. I wouldn't yeah. be bringing this up if it wasn't the bye week. There's nobody to break yeah. down. So 
a lot of baseball talk next Saturday. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for this? I'm ready for this. Um, one other quick thing, because I'm looking at my 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 sheet here. Do we have a upset in the Big Ten today? Does Purdue win in Iowa City? Does Maryland keep it close against Ohio State? Uh, I really want to see what Maryland's think- about when they face a defensive significance. Really want to see that. I think Maryland hangs around for a little bit, but then Ohio State's a little too much. No, wait, Maryland. No, Maryland's got Maryland's got Ohio State, right? Okay, yep. so they're at yeah. Are there chinks in the armor at Ohio State? Is that wishful thinking? I, I, defensively, I know they've been good. They've been holding teams points wise, but just overall physicality, I I don't know, man. I just uh, their defensive line is talented. They haven't played up to what they should be they haven't generated a lot of sacks but on the back end against that maryland offense that chucks it around ohio state's pass defense is pretty good hmm. yeah, yeah they'll, they'll they'll they still yeah. got a ways to go says coach holtz about being physical and they're good they're better <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're better but they're not what they were okay. five to seven years ago the next the last two days it says nothing like this about big 10 west football they put the Nebraska-Illinois game on a Friday night, and they don't want the country to watch Purdue-Iowa, so they put them behind the Peacock wall. I was, I was just going to ask you if, if Purdue over Iowa would be considered an upset, because I think if, uh, if last night was any indication, it's time for the Big Ten West to start Big Ten Westing, and Purdue <laughs> getting a 13-10 to 10 win over Iowa would be ultimate Big Ten West. I'm not sure if you can call that an upset, but I'm ready for it. Uh, well, it's, just, it's nice to not have to worry about uh, playing a football game on a Saturday for the next two weeks. And we get to see nope. what, what Deacon Hill is all about at quarterback for Iowa. I, for one, cannot wait. I'm going to pour a vodka and find the golf clubs. So, uh, <laughs> Guys, Sharpie be good. Great Appreciate conversation oh, with all your uh, listeners as well. That's okay, Matt. We can disagree. Well, that's what makes you a great person listening to this show. Appreciate it. Matt says, time. I disagree it's with Gary. Rule is about defense and run the ball, not dynamic. Is Michigan dynamic? Michigan is the model. That's what he says. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. They were pretty it's dynamic. Weird. It's a weird 23 offense that just is – you have to take this in a silo week to week, and Northwestern will be the next up, and who knows what – you know, if it will have any bearing on what Illinois looked like. So we'll see. But, guys, I appreciate it as always. Uh, enjoy your uh, weekend. Great, great stuff all week from the uh, three of you. Well, you too, Sharp. Appreciate you, you brother. Be well. good. Thanks, Gary. All right. There he Bless is, you. the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. I have one more thing because Matthew, not only did he take a little barb at Gary there, he took a little barb at us, and he's not wrong. What's with you guys and getting up in the morning? <laughs> Alarm clocks? Are you 12 years old? Odd. <laughs> listen, Matt. All right. And uh, uh, I know you go th- by th- Matthew th- here. But Matthew, listen, Matt. th- this was not on Cranek. This was on me. Uh, this was on. Yeah me alone and yeah i i just did not uh did not make the right decision we we got back late boo bleeping who but we got back late and yep. i was not able to bounce out of the rack as early as i would have liked hey and we have yeah, we I, have given the people now 23 minutes of overtime we're usually out at nine o'clock so we i think we have made up for our faults Everyone's got their faults in life. Ours is, hey, you know what? On a Saturday morning after a late Friday night, sometimes it's hard to get out of bed. And, Who and hasn't we, been not, there? By, by, by late, it was work-related. It wasn't closing the bar exactly. down. Exactly. Matt's just sitting here shaking his head like, sounds like a bunch of excuses, gentlemen. Drop it, give me 20. Like, uh, I know. We really were... should. 
we were you we were a little bit late but here's the thing and elijah can we count it as overtime when we started late i mean i don't know it's that's a technicality we got to check the bylaws uh i don't know if we can count that but uh i don't know it, like we have alarm clocks it's not that it's it's you know we, we work hard during the week right we we uh we have we have lives uh yeah it's, it sounds like a bunch of excuses i guess you're right matt now, now that i'm saying the things out loud how about this how about if we don't promise that there's any certain start time if we lower the expectation levels of our of our viewers then can they really hold us accountable no let's just let's just declare right now we will be on here every saturday morning sometime between 7 45 and 8 05 and we encourage well, you to just we, fire no, 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 no. We, here's the, here's we've, been, we've moved back the start time from for damn near 15 years. It was always 7 a.m. That's just because of daylight savings. That's that's it's uh, time zones. No. Supply chain. Well, if, if you want to undersell and over deliver, what we got to start doing is having the occasional Saturday where Mark, you, you sent the text this morning. Are we doing it this morning? We got to have the occasional morning where we just don't show up and nobody gets a Saturday morning show. And they'll be a That's lot more wrong. appreciative of the fact that we're actually getting up at all and doing a show. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You trying to go damn. don't know what you got till it's gone over here? <laughs> I am, like, yeah. Is that? <laughs> yeah. People will gladly find something else to do. So I am very thankful that they <laughs> jump in the stream and, and subscribe to the, the YouTube channel and, and, and take their time to. So be a part of the Saturday next morning. Week? What time are we on next week? So next week's the bye week. So are we? Seven, we'll we'll say we seven forty. Seven forty-five. Should we commit to that right now? Yes. Yes. As as all the commenters be our witness. Done. I, I commit to a hard and fast seven forty-five on the dot. <laughs> That's a win. Seven forty-five. Hey, let's go early. Y'all want to do seven forty just to kind of, you know, make up for it here. Well, based on based on recent history, let's shoot for 740. So then we get that that 745. Because if we shoot for 745, then it's 750. So, let's say 730 then. 730. Yes. Bang. Which actually equals 740 as a stretch goal, yeah. which probably means 745. Which, as we uh, I th think, as we set out the online only the. Well, we don't have commercial breaks now. We set out at seven thirty, and then over the like the first three weeks of moving online only, that moved back to seven forty-five. So maybe we go back to seven thirty. Yeah. yeah, I can get down with that. It, it works. Yeah. Cranack, have yourself a weekend, brother. Appreciate you. You as well, sir. I noticed you said not a good weekend, but just a weekend. Uh, have a great a little, have, a, have a great weekend. That's better. I appreciate uh, the descriptor. I hope you do you're, too. You're awesome, Elijah. Enjoy Whiskey Fest. Oh, right. I will. Whiskey Fest. Hold on. What is that all about? It's Can up in Omaha. We're overtime. What? What? Where? What? You ever heard about what? Whiskey Fest? It's today from one to five in Omaha. Uh, I guess I can give yeah. the the free shout out. It's at the Hilton Hotel in downtown, right over by uh, TD Ameritrade. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, you yeah, get yeah. Whiskey Fest. There's a, a whole bunch of whiskey vendors. I think sixty plus. Yeah, sixty five brands available. Three hundred and fifty different samples available. There's going to be a Whoa. a bar. Brought to you by Brickway and Herdat. So uh, that's the place to be this afternoon. I believe there's still tickets available online. I don't believe there's walk-up tickets available. So if Whiskey Fest is something you're available or you're interested in, you're available this afternoon. Come see me. Uh, me and my brother are going to be there, and uh, we're going to be checking out the whiskeys. So I'm really looking forward to oh. that. So all the types of whiskey that you can get involved in, right? And say, say you only have... 
let's go types first. And we got Irish, Canadian, Scotch, bourbon. Mm-hmm. It, there's all kinds. What, what do you default to? What, what do you say your top two? Oh, I, I just default to a classic Kentucky bourbon. That's, uh, that's my bourbon. favorite. Love me a Kentucky bourbon. The Scotch yep. I can get down with based on, I mean, I, I have a, a rich man's taste with my Scotch. I like good Scotch. I don't like bad Scotch. So, Do you uh, like the peaty stuff or do you like the... I am not a fan of the peaty stuff. My brother Me is, and, and that's what, whenever you get some Tastes of the nicer like a, stuff, it's a less less peaty. But like Steve Peterson ruined a lot of things for a lot of people, no. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want the peaty stuff, though, right? It's, it tastes like a campfire. You know, you're just like, I'm, I'm good. Uh, what about? I don't. I don't feel like Irish gets enough love. Irish whiskey. A lot of it's single pot distilled, which makes it just kind of clean, vanilla notes sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Usually a lighter color. I. I don't you want to do a shot of Jameson right here? See, and Jameson would be sort of the floor level of Irish whiskey. You got to get up to like, say, uh, well, you got to get up to like a yellow spot. Like, have you you ever had a yellow spot? I have with you, yes. Elijah, have you had a yellow spot? I have not. Be on the lookout for yellow spot or green spot uh, or or one of the more aged red breasts. I'm telling you, Irish is uh, Irish. Don't sleep on Irish. Don't sleep on Irish. I will say here for the uh, for a little fear of angering the the whiskey snobs. Rye whiskey and me don't get along. Which rye whiskey is incredible. Yeah, I know. The, 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 no. some, they, I, it's it's not that I dislike it. I like whiskey. Whiskey's my my favorite. It's my spirit of choice. You say it's your I, friend. I, I just put rye at the bottom, and like I'm not going to say no to a glass of rye whiskey, but I would pick just about every other. You, whiskey you have other, ch- other, rye whiskey, other choices. Yeah. Well, it's good as a mixer. Straight, I agree. As a mixer, and I, I like my whiskey on just a little bit of ice. You let the ice melt just a little bit, opens up the the flavor profile of the whiskey. You don't let the ice melt too much. You don't let it get too watered down. But totally. just a little bit of ice. Couldn't agree That's more. how I like it, and that's not how I like my rye whiskey. I don't like it on just a little bit of ice. It's 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 not for me. Walter is making himself a cocktail before OU Texas. That'll be good. All right. I need a report Monday, 4 o'clock. Hail Varsity back at you, and uh, we'll talk Nebraska, get you into the bye week, hit NFL, Major League Baseball postseason as well. Uh, 4 o'clock, Hail Varsity. Elijah will have a whiskey fest report. Great act. We'll see you at 745 next Saturday morning. 745 on the dot maybe let's go uh and then uh if y'all want if y'all want uh uh nebraska red white fall baseball breakdown on thursday's show just call my agent we'll see if we can work something out oh good we'll make that happen yeah just let me know appreciate it let him know all right my agent sounds good subscribe hail varsity youtube Follow us, Hail Varsity Radio Twitter. Find Elijah at Herbal Essence. Find me at Schmidt underscore radio. Big thanks to Gary Sharp. Big thanks to Counter Reads, Brandon Vogel. And uh, we'll be back at you next time with Hail Varsity. Thanks.